Hey everyone, welcome back to our channel. I'm Cassidy. I'm Anna. I'm Becca. And we're the Try Hard Girls. Welcome to another Should You Try It podcast. Um, today we are doing a movie reveal. Our Should You Try It segment is brand new and currently we have a few up on our channel so just make sure to go check those out and let us know if you like them. Um, you all voted on our Instagram poll between two movies. This week it was chosen by Miss Becca B. Um, her choices were Dirt, a film about the band Motley Crue, and Becoming, the Michelle Obama documentary. Both are on Netflix. So Bex, do you want to dive in and let us know who was the winner? All right, guys. So the winner was, drumroll please, Becoming, the Michelle Obama documentary. Yes. yes. And what a time, honestly. Could not be more perfect timing. Yeah. Yes, perfect timing. With everything going on in the U.S., it couldn't have come at a more time. And I think it's an important conversation that needs to be had, continued to be had. And with that said, before we get into this, we are going to be reviewing, obviously, the documentary Becoming. But we are also going to add a little crossover here. And don't we all love a little crossover of a sit and sip at the end of this to really discuss some of the issues going on in the U.S.? Before we get started, we also wanted to talk about the fact that as two white and one Latina, we ourselves have been in a position where we have made mistakes. We were young, naive, we were uneducated, adding to the systematic racism. We grew up in a predominantly white community and became a product of our environment. Since then, we have educated ourselves and learned the implications of our words and the power behind them. We have continued to learn and we will continue to learn. We are lifelong learners. We are listeners. We will listen. We will stand with our black community. And even if our voice is small, it is and will continue to be loud. It's time we all take a hard look at ourselves and our past, acknowledge those pasts and actively work to educate ourselves and the people around us to do better, be better, and above all, rise up. So, with that said, let's get started, girls. Let's get started. All right. From the beginning, I don't know about you guys, but I just wanted to be next to her the entire time. She just, there's just so much power surrounding her. Like, through a screen, I feel like I was losing my breath just watching her. Like, there's very few people in our world that I would literally lose my breath around. And I feel like she's one of them. And I low-key kind of lost it when that first scene where she's walking out that door and like, oh my gosh, I just wanted to be there in her presence. I was immediately jealous of that arena. Um, yeah, that one of those first scenes too, that was one of the first things I wrote. I'm like, how friendly she is with the staff when she was getting in her car to get there. And she's like, hey, good morning, thank you. And like, throughout the whole documentary you just see her and the obamas and anybody and her staff they're just so so sweet such i mean of course everybody has their bad days and shit but like she was just always grateful and thankful for the people around her and she is very well aware of the um of the power that she has she is well aware of the, um, the privilege that she has in some sense yeah i just that was one of the first notes i wrote and I, I just also loved how there were like snippets of truth behind like how hard it was to be so, you know, at the forefront of the White House community. Yes, she talked about the pressure of having to do everything perfectly. And then quote, she said, your life isn't yours anymore, end quote. Yeah, and how she was, you know, someone was interviewing her and asking her, like, did you feel a sense of relief? Were you sad? Were you, like, happy? Like, what was your feeling on that day that you had to pass the baton over to the new president and um, first lady? And she said that she, you know, bawled crying as soon as she was about to walk out or on, on the plane or one. something. Yeah, because she felt like she could finally breathe again and you know was able to be herself again no matter and she also acknowledged that like her life would never be the same it would never be the way it was before they you know had that position um but that she's constantly like you know trying to become a certain way and so i just thought that was really like interesting to see like 
yeah, they, they do have a lot of pressure on their back to be perfect 100% of the time because you get so slammed by the media and not everyone is always going to be a fan of you, but like you just have to be yourself and try and be the best person that you can be. Yeah. And like the fact she even said, um, I don't even think it was her, someone on her staff said like, you know, a lot of first ladies have never gotten the heat that she got. And it's true. It's usually. I wonder why she got some heat. Yes, it's because she was a first black first lady. Um, and honestly, people were not ready for that. And she even stated that later on, like, I guess we thought America was ready and we were wrong. And the things that people said about her and Barack and their family was horrible. The lynching posters, everything. It's just disgusting. Fist bump, you guys. I forgot about that. I'm like, oh my God, that's like such a normal thing to give someone a fist bump. Like, why would you? associate them with terrorism like in that moment it was just so awful seeing the way that they were being treated and i know that all politicians have a fair share of being treated horribly by the media and by people because they don't see the whole story no matter what side you're on but that was just something else and her being portrayed as an angry black woman too that's, oh a, that's something i wrote down too like what the fuck? white blonde reporter said she's an angry black woman like bitch Shut the fuck up. Amen. Honestly, it was disgusting to like be reminded of the, the culture, the nature of the world back then in 2008 when this was going on. I mean, we were in high school, but we were young. And I do remember our high school held a um, like party question mark. I don't know in the cafeteria where we watched the live results in 2008 there wasn't like tons of people there i'll never forget when he won first of all i was excited but i'll never forget this one guy who was a grade older than me or maybe a couple actually and he immediately immediately said something so negative about michelle specifically Michelle, and I just was shocked. I literally, I was so shocked. It was, I think, the first time that my little sheltered eyes were kind of opened to how different of opinions people have, but also my first exposure to racism blatantly in front of me. And um, that was something that will kind of just stick with me. Um, on a little bit of a lighter note, how about that first scene where we see her meeting people coming oh, in it was heart. also i wrote it down minute 1205 the first time i started crying <laughs> when she was meeting people she was like i wanted to look them right in the eyes every single individual and you could see the like heartfelt grace and thanks she felt when she shook each individual's hand and it yes. was just so beautiful seeing one we all have that moment of wanting to meet someone who is important to us who that we look up to admire whether it's a singer a actor a politician seeing these people walk in just made me feel like oh my god they admire her so much and she in turn gave off the vibe that she admired them as well for being able to come in there and meet her. And I just loved that. Yeah, I was honestly an emotional wreck for most of the documentary, but that was one of the scenes also that um, got me really emotional. Again, like you said, like her giving them their time, listening to their stories, even not just her, like her staff is so well freaking trained. Like one of the ladies, like, like, helping one of the crying girls it's okay it's okay like i know it's michelle obama girl and also seeing all the black little girls or black um and latin and there's such a diverse group of people that admire the obamas which goes to show a lot about them and how they've always just wanted to preach love it was just nice to see how diverse the group was that was there trying to meet her and um yeah i i loved that too cass it just goes to show how important representation matters because watching these people go through and meet her, you could just see on their face that they're not used to seeing someone like Michelle Obama in a, in a position of power and how important that is to see people like you in a position of power and doing it so gracefully and so, so, I mean, it's so 
I'm on your team. I mean, she just, the entire time, you almost feel like she's, you know, someone you know, or like an aunt, or she wasn't this like unattainable, unapproachable person. Like Cassidy was saying, she looked them in the eyes, she talked to them, she understood where they were coming from. I mean, her herself, she m mentioned so little of who she is happened in those eight years as a first lady. She has such a different backstory and I really appreciated how she really spoke to, it's important to listen to the story of a person and not just what they've done or or whatever. Absolutely. I also loved the folk, I don't know if you'd call them a focus group or what they would call them, but they'd bring in like, you know, people from a school or something, an organization or whatever, and they just discuss the different issues and, you know, education. I loved how they showed some of the stories of the young women um, that she interacted with so we could see like who they were and what they were going through. Um, and it, there was also an, a, a Latina woman in there and I thought that was yes. really cool. I just loved how they were able to speak their mind. One thing that really hit home for me was like college education because I don't think that some people understand how difficult it is to attain a college education, especially when you are handed and are like 10 million steps forward, um, not only monetary wise, but you know, the household that you grew up in, the people supporting you. Um, you know, there are a lot of people who have to get full loans out to go to college. There are some people who won't be accepted into colleges because they are a diverse individual. And let's be real, that is the case sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, let's be real. A lot of the people who sit on the boards of colleges are, I would say, probably 95% white. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, and probably that has white been an man, issue man for too. a long time. So I, I, I was grateful that they were showing that side of you know, people's stories that they were scared to be going to college because even Michelle herself was told that she couldn't go to Princeton and guess where the fuck she went? Princeton, baby. And she and said Harvard. that, and, and Harvard, and she said that she was one of like such a small group of black people. And that, that was the first time that she had ever had to be in that situation and it opened her eyes to so much. And that in itself just shows that like, we need to really acknowledge the diversity aspect of education. And can we talk about those class photos where she was talking about when she was in elementary school and she was talking about when black families move in to the cities when when segregation was was dismantling and it was it literally brought my eyes to tears number two when I was seeing those photographs from a really diverse classroom all the way to only one white person in her class photo that shook me to my core that yeah. people moved out because of black people to the community to live it shook me to my core it was that's horrible yeah you know back to kind of to the yeah that really shook me to my core too becca it was just disgusting to see and it's very sad we, yeah it's very sad um but kind of back to the guidance counselor thing you know sadly there are people like that in the school districts around us. One of my good family friends, Tanya, as you guys know, her counselor told her, you're not getting into UW. Like, why are you kidding yourself? Like, why are you applying? Um, like, you're, you're an undocumented student. You really shouldn't even be applying. Like, was not there for her at all. Was not giving her the resources. Yeah, I don't know if I ever told you guys that. And yeah and now look at her she's already graduated from UW and now she's getting her master's she is such a boss I love her yeah but I'm just saying like I grew up way different than what she did and I am well aware of that but hearing Michelle's story and hearing the other women in the documentary and how much they worked that girl the Mexican girl the Mexican-American girl talking about how she goes to school and only goes to one club one club because she needs to get her ass to job to her job to make sure she gets money to help her family feed her kids, her uh, her brothers and sisters. I loved how unaware she was too of how impactful her story was, how she is helping her family survive and live. I just think that a lot of people don't realize how important they are and and how you know their story is so loud and 
should be applauded for how young she is, yet how much she's taking on her back to support her family and support herself and how fucking damn good of a job she is doing in life. I also wrote down that I liked getting to meet her family and getting to know more about her background because before, I haven't read the book yet and it's on my list to, wa uh, to watch, sorry, it's on my list of books I wanna read. Girl, well, I'm gonna borrow it after you're done. Um, and I, that's one thing. I honestly, I've never really like Googled Michelle Obama or like I've followed her throughout the years. I've seen what she's done and I admire her and she's a boss and an inspiration for women all around the world. But I never really got to know who is Michelle Obama? Where did she come from? She came from humble beginnings. I loved when they took us back to her childhood home. When you saw her dad's chair, the way she spoke about her father, her brother and the rivalry and like, who's the favorite child? Like, I love that wine. so much. She's like, I only have White House wine. Give me some of your wine. It was Oh and her song is so sassy. I love that. Yes, I literally said I loved that banter between her and her brother with the belt and the wine. I was like such typical family banter, and I just it it was so nice. I mean, obviously, you know, she's human, but it really makes you see her like yourself versus putting her on this pedestal of the first lady of this, you know, kind of thing. I just loved that part. Yeah, and I just love the photo montage, like the old family photos. Like, I'm a sucker for that. Every time I go to my grandma's house, because they're both in Mexico, I'm always like, the first day I went back this December, I'm like, hey, let's look at family photos. I just love seeing that. And so getting a little sneak peek into her family photos, that was everything for me. I just, I love seeing her grow up. And then her talking about Barack, the way she talks about Barack, I was like, oh my God, I'm a hopeless romantic. And I'm just like they're funny they're so funny together she's a funny she's a storyteller the way she speaks the way she talks since she was young just talk about how barack has such a like swag to him that i just like oh my god first of all i'm so attracted to him <laughs> the way he carries himself the way he like talks the way he walks i'm just like the way he oh treats the show just the way makes, he, makes yes. me so happy like <laughs> They deserve each other. They are just such good people, at least from what I see. And their family in general is just so admirable. I love them. Talking about them being equals, that was so important. I mean, it is so important to, when you're in a relationship, to be equal. You're not dependent on the other person. Either way, female to male, male to female, that you yourself are whole first. And I just loved her talking about that. It was so amazing. My favorite stories involving her daughter was when um, the whole LGBTQ legislation, how it was approved and how outside like all of the colors of the rainbow were out on the White House and how she and her daughter wanted to sneak out so they could be part of the celebration and how they got locked inside. <laughs> I was like, that is so awesome that they were trying to literally sneak out of the White House to go be with the people. And it just made my heart happy. On one hand, it made me kind of pissed, like, just let that out. But I understand why they had to be, like, safe about it, but still. You know, it's crazy because I also wrote down how on such a beautiful day when love wins and same-sex marriage is approved and all that, how that same day they were at a funeral in the morning in Charleston for the shooting. How insane. And, yeah. like, you know what? Such a crazy overlap. Yeah, just goes to poster roller coaster but that just goes to show a day in their freaking life dude and i loved definitely when... a life that i don't envy yeah for sure um i feel like growing up we're like oh i want to be president it's like okay there's a huge responsibility though like you really gotta think about it all um i loved when brock came out and surprised her at one of the shows uh, i think in dc and when he compared them to beyonce and jay-z i loved that so much oh, cute. he's like if I were in their presence, I would lose my breath. Beyonce. Baby boy, let me lose my breath. Um, no, for sure. Girl, we were in her presence and we did lose our breath. Okay, yes, I know. I'm thinking like meeting. I did lose my breath. Just being at her concert both times. Lost my breath, literally. Just thinking about it, I, I think I would be like so... I don't know if I would be able to talk to either of them because I would literally lose my freaking breath. Also, um, kind of going back to Brock and um, Michelle, 
how they were not really afraid to talk about the fact that they went to marriage counseling when a lot of people would hide that back in the day and how a lot of people that were previous first ladies and presidents like were very hush hush about their marriage and the problems that they might have and i think that's another reason people like them it's because they're so open and they're like hey we're normal people we have our ups and downs opens the door though for people to be a little bit more open i know that in the white house you have to be like so buttoned up but i hope that you know people can just be their self themselves at certain points it speaks to like transparency but not just transparency but opening conversations that are important so people that may be having struggles don't feel like they're alone and feel like oh you know the first lady and our president went to marriage counseling maybe we should try that maybe i should try that maybe it'll help and i just think it's such an important conversation for sure maybe it was when she was talking about how like when she first had one of the girls i think it's i think that's what she's talking about so it might have been before the white house um and how brock was you know very opinionated and he's like i went to the gym she said well shit if he went to the gym like why can't you know what i mean back to the whole equality thing i loved that i loved when she's made that comparison because I feel like that's happened in my relationship. Like, I'll be like, well, why am I cleaning the kitchen while he's going to the gym? And it's, it's like, no, you need to change your perspective and do things for yourself and not worry about what someone else is doing. And she said that you don't need to rely on that person to make you happy. You should first make yourself happy and do what's best for you. And then, you know, if things come from that, then you need to fix them and discuss it. But she's like, then I made time to, for myself to go to the gym because that was my decision to make. Yeah. So, I thought that was a really cool comparison. You know how you were saying how like the staff at the White House has like they're like they're all buttoned up and stuff. I liked when she said that she wanted to go have tea with Laura Bush at the White House before um, Barack took over. How she was like everybody like the butlers they were all dressed up. I don't want my children like thinking that they're gonna have this the rest of their life. And that's one thing that I admire is that she was already thinking ahead after those terms were done. They're gonna have to go back to quote quote normal life they're not gonna have that and how she was telling them like you know what let's dress a little less a little less like proper she has yes can we talk about the fashion stuff yes because first of all she has some of the best fashion i've ever seen it's so like put together but so her personality and i respect that and it's fun like she doesn't just limit herself to a certain look it's like it is her look that is who she is and but i also appreciate the fact that she's like let's tone it down a little bit so that people focus on me and not just on the way i look so i appreciated that as well and how she incorporated that into her look and her vibe and her daughter's vibe as well i also really liked how the um her stylist was pretty much saying how she's been with her since the beginning she's like i kind of just found it like it was costumes putting her on in costumes which is kind of like a part of me is like, well, wouldn't she just want to wear something that she likes? But at the same time, you are trying to remain as a, you know, a public figure and you have to watch kind of the way you dress. Um, to me, the costume comment, I took it as, because I see what you're saying, I took it as she had to put her in costumes in the sense of because people wouldn't respect the things that she wanted to wear, that she felt like she had to dress her up. That wasn't necessarily completely her. To, in order to appease, you know, this this world that already tears into her so much. That's how I took it, but I, I don't know. I agree with you. Um, speaking of her kids, too, you know, they looked first. Can you imagine how hard life would be as a kid? I, I don't know how old they were when they first entered, but they were pretty young. They were young. And, and at an age where not all kids are so put together, but you have to be so put together in that situation. So I kind of loved how we could see like their personalities coming out a little bit, especially um, with that one story about the sleepover. Oh yeah, I love that so much. <laughs> yeah, I love that story too. Um, pretty much it was their last day in uh, the White House. And of course, like I could totally see myself doing that too. Like, mom, oh my God, me dad. too. I'd be like, Anna, if you were in the White House, I'd be like, Anna, can you ask your mom if we could have one last sleepover? <laughs> Oh my yes. god, you guys already know we would be there. Oh my god. We need yeah. we, we be like let's make quesadillas. Like we would be running all over the place just oh my god, yes. Uh, I love that. 
And the way Michelle was like, yeah, they, I mean, they weren't going to get a cook anymore. So they went up and were ordering like everything under the sun, like fried chicken and a biscuit and a waffle and all this stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is so, first of all, so crazy that they get a chef to make food for them. Second, like if we were, if I was a kid, I'd ask for the craziest stuff, like whipped cream with bananas on a pancake with bacon and like all this stuff. No, I love that. No. yeah, And then she's like. I mean, yeah, and then I had to tell him in the morning, the the Trumps are coming. We gotta go. <laughs> Everybody run. <laughs> Seriously. Um, no, and I also love when Brock first got elected. I don't remember who it was that said it like daddy and like everything's closed off in the streets. You're like, I don't think anybody's showing up to your party. <laughs> that was that. so funny. <laughs> that is something like, oh my god a daughter thing like to poke fun at like a parent you know like I can picture myself saying stuff like that to my father and it just made me laugh out loud because it's so funny oh, yeah. and then how um while speaking about them driving like because we see a lot of like scenes where they're in a car and I'm like and you see people in other like cars around them I'm like you have no idea who's driving next to you do you like how insane is that you know Dude, for sure. Wow. You guys, we've been talking for like 30 minutes and I feel like I've been talking for like five seconds. Like that's how much I love this, this documentary. It was just so like every single scene was so impactful and powerful. And like you guys both said, I feel like we've all cried throughout the documentary because of the various things that they discussed. Um, but one huge thing was the Black Lives Matter movement. She totally, you know, jumped into that and did a whole scene dedicated to that movement in itself. When they brought up um, um, Trayvon and a whole bunch of the other victims, I lost it completely. And I also was just like this, with everything going on in our country right now, it was just like, this has always been an issue. And like, it, this just reminded me again, like we need to continue to fight. It was so, yeah, it was definitely so important. I wanted to talk about, there was a part where when we when she started to bring up Black Lives um, Matter movement and just kind of the injustice in our country when Trump took over, right? The the amount of votes that he received and being so angry that people could vote for him. But she brought up a really good that it was our own people that didn't come out to vote. That's who to be upset with. And that's something that really struck me because I spent so many time like, how could anyone vote for this vile excuse, horrible excuse of a person. And I really focused on that when I should have been focusing on people like me who believe in the things like me that didn't come out to vote. And that's something that really struck me. And there was another quote, I wrote a lot of quotes that she said. There was one quote that really got to me and she said, too much power to be careless much power to be careless and that is exactly what he is and there was one more quote that she said that really struck with me and it said crossroads of who we are as a nation if not for ourselves but for the next generation and it's the importance of hope for me to keep hope within myself because that's something I lose a lot I get really lost in the negativity and sometimes it's hard for me to find that hope that I'll need to carry, to continue to strive to be better. And it's something that I struggle with specifically in our climate today and what is going on. No, I actually put that down. That was my final note when I said, people are good, she said. There are good people and it's just hope. And it's like, oh, I, could, we, I needed those words more than ever yesterday, especially when I go on Instagram and see all the police brutality and everything going around. Um, that was the perfect way to end the documentary with that beautiful message. Definitely that, but also that very last scene, credit rolling scene, where there was those powerful, everyday, real people, that representation. I loved that it was LGBTQ plus community member, a black member, a Mexican-American member, and a woman representation. And that little Girl Scout, that little girl in her Girl Scout uniform cried again. It was so, so powerful, powerful and I lost it. Yeah, honestly. Um, and like yesterday was already a very emotional day. Um, as many of you know, you know, people are out rioting, protesting, looting. You know, it's, it's 
dependent on your city or your state, but for the most part, people are in pain, people are mad, people are upset, and people are finally, you know, expressing themselves in a way that hasn't been done in a long time. Um, Michelle Obama also, I follow her on Instagram, and she, you know, like many people recently have been expressing the way they're feeling on these social platforms so that, you know, people need to be loud, right? Um, so please go read it, what she has to say, because I feel like her words are very short, but powerful. And I just want to read off one thing that she did say. She said, it's all up to all of us, black, white, everyone, no matter how well-meaning we think we might be, to do the honest, uncomfortable work of rooting it out. And that is 100% need to do is get to the root of the problem which is a lot of things but get to the root of a problem in our own individual self um and she said it starts with self-examination and listening to those whose lives are different from our own we all have our own struggles but we need to listen to the people who are not like us who have different experiences to understand and educate ourselves better on how we can do better amen I think it's also important to talk about the rioting and the looting because there's so much of, oh, they shouldn't be rioting, they shouldn't be looting, or, oh, it's not going to solve anything, and this is exactly why, or whatever, and I just think that's a narrative that needs to be stopped in its place, because if we look back, first of all, on all of the peaceful protests, silent protests, that people of the black community have been partaking in has never been enough. It's always been, you can't do that. Think of Colin Kaepernick, he kneeled every game and now he's blacklisted. He cannot get a job in the NFL because of it. That is a peaceful protest. That is just one example of a peaceful protest. Another peaceful protest is when the LA Lakers all wore shirts that said, I can't breathe. NBA fans had a field day with that. That wasn't okay. So it's important to think about, well, why, how did we even get here? And to respond to the fact that rioting never solves anything, we have to look back at our history. And I think that's really important. And if we look back at our history, our country was started on rioting and looting. That is how we were founded as a country. The colonists didn't ask politely to be independent. We didn't just... When we came here, we weren't saying, hey, can we be independent? Oh, thank you so much. Have a great day. No. Hello, Boston Tea Party. We started a war. We started a war. When LGBTQ community wanted more representation, wanted to be shown that they are a part of our community, that their lives matter, that their right to love who they love matters, they threw bricks, rioting, looting. When black people all over this country, I think it's important that we know that they have tried multiple times and no one's listening. And what is the only way people start listening? When it's their money that hurts. Those businesses, those those buildings, they're gonna be fine. They don't have feelings, okay? I think that's- All insurance, honey. They're going to be fine. They have insurance. insurance. Insurance already takes all our money. You might as well put it towards something good. Like Target said, they understand. Target, one of the first big companies to be looted and destroyed and set on fire. It's bigger than them. This is bigger than them. This has to, to note too is the reason they started rioting at that Target is because people were trying to buy milk to cover their faces because of the tear gas that they were being sent out into the streets when they were protesting. And that's when they started getting mad. And who wouldn't get mad? They're trying to save their bodies, their eyes. Like you won't sell them milk. I'm sorry, but that's not okay. No, and it's important that we do not equate property damage to human lives. There's no comparison there to me. There shouldn't be to you either. Not to you too, I meant like. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, the amount of comments I've seen on social media of, oh my God, but like a car and like, yeah, a car, we can fix that. But a life has been taken. Many lives have been taken. Worry about that. Freak out about that. Small business owners too understand like, you know what? This does suck. 
but once again this is all for justice and also people that i see also like oh my gosh people well how are you fixing america you're just burning it down girl where were those people upset when all of the white supremacists were walking up with their ak-47s to buildings to demand that they get their haircuts and their nails done that's what i was gonna say and nobody batted an eye they're openly carrying assault rifles which is illegal to open and open carry first of all and they were met with peace they were met with nothing they were met with tweets saying we understand fine. why you're protesting it's like come on it's just insane funny one thing that i noticed when i was watching um tv last night on the news was one news channel was barely showing anything in seattle nothing was happening then i switched to another channel things were on fire people were running police were throwing tear gas everywhere like it's just crazy how the media can portray whatever they want exactly and also there are undercover cops too helping and pretending like it is the protesters starting the looting when there's lots of videos out there of actual protesters telling them to stop if you're out there protesting watch out for people that might have the color of the day band that they might be wearing those are usually undercover cops not saying all cops are bad cops but also kind of i know we kind of got sidetracked but also people getting annoyed because they wanted haircuts and like corona isn't real and like why aren't we going back to the real world well you guys were also burning cars because your favorite team lost or because or they won sure they mm -hmm. won exactly so like take a good look at yourself in the mirror before you speak also one thing i cannot stand for is the people back to the whole the importance of voting do not sit here and look me in the eyes and complain about Donald Trump being our president when I know for a damn fact you did not vote. When you have the privilege of voting. That irks me to my core. Do not look me in the eyes and say, I have a I have my best friend's black. So I can say the N word. And he says it's fine. No, that's not fine. Not fine. No, it is not. Another thing I cannot stand for is for when people idolize Chris Brown and all these amazing Usher and all like, no one really talks about Usher anymore, but all these black artists. But your Instagram is quiet. You ain't saying anything. I can't stand for that shit. Yeah, one thing that we've been talking about is that, you know, white people appreciate black culture because they can partake in it but then they don't respect the black community and treat them equally and that sir is not okay and I think it's also really important I just wanted to bring up this article that I read on so let's talk about it and for everyone saying that there are better ways yeah keep working on those better ways don't let these riots stop you this is directly from the article Fight for criminal justice reform. Fight for income equality. Fight for universal health care. Fight for free education. Fight for higher taxes on the 1%. For all the things that would make rioting less likely. And while you're fighting the long, slow war toward Black people having a fair shot in this country, the same war we've been fighting for hundreds of years, there will be times when some people directly affected by the war see your actions as futile and they just want to break some stuff. Clutch your pearls less and speed up the war if you're so offended by property damage. I think that's really important. It goes back. Great piece. It goes back to it is not all about being out rioting or the voting for the president. It trickles all the way down to the mayor, to the city officials. It trickles down to voting on legislation. legislation it goes to voting on bills. It does come down to voting, but it does not just come down to the highest power in our country. It comes down to simply voting in your community. It starts with your community. And you need to be constantly aware of how your community is handling situations, how the people around you are handling these situations, having that open dialogue with them and continuously protecting your community 
the humans around you and yourself so that our future generations have better and are better. Because again, to wrap it up and bring it back to Michelle Obama from me, we have hope and we need to continue the conversation. We cannot be silent. When you are silent, you are part of the problem. You are silent on these matters. It is showing that you are uncomfortable because you have bias yourself, period, period. Silence is being complicit, period. And I will say that if you feel scared, if you feel like you didn't vote and you know you feel like you're part of the problem, get educated. Go to your town hall meeting every month. Start little. Next time it comes time to vote, make sure you are there with that thing in your hand. You know everything that's on that piece of paper and you're doing something to push this effort forward. If you're in Washington, we have absentee ballots. You have no excuse. Ballots mailed to us. We can fill them out and send them back in the mail. And also, if you do not live in Washington, don't let this narrative that Trump is trying to possess that there's mail fraud because not only are there states that already vote by mail and don't have issue, but our military votes by mail. Don't let him push that narrative on you. I'm sorry, I am going to get really heated on this voting topic, but it is so important to vote. You know what? Like we've said multiple times throughout this conversation, it's okay to get heated, girl. It just, <laughs> enough is enough, girl. We can only say things peacefully how many times? It's okay, girl, to feel those things. I am going to say I did get emotional too towards the end of the documentary when uh, Michelle went to go to a church and she's speaking to a whole bunch of um, little old ladies there. They're very sweet. And the eldest one there saying, you know what, I saw you last night and I just want to say that the day that Barack got elected, like, and we even saw montages of people crying because of black people crying because we never thought we would ever see a person of color being a president. And as a Latina, like I dream for the day where we'll see a Mexican American, an Asian American, and etc. Samoan America, like, like, it's just it really got me, and I can only imagine, especially because she did talk about slavery. She talked about her ancestors, and I can't even imagine. Are you imagine being her ancestors, being like, wow, that was done. Never in a million years did they ever think that could happen. Well, they're. Yeah, that's important though to think about is that that slavery is very present. It, it was not hundreds of years ago, which it felt like growing up for me personally. It was not. It was during my mother's time, my grandmother's time. People are still alive that had parents that were slaves, grandparents that were slaves. This is not like so far back in our history. It is it's still happening today. Yeah, I, um, we were talking about our, in our group text a couple weeks ago, Oprah Winfrey's uh, YouTube channel. <laughs> We're coming up on my YouTube uh, suggestions and I started watching and it was a lot based on race issues. And I remember going off the other day on it and I was like, it's been 66 years in segregation. Shit hasn't really changed. Shit has not changed. 66 years is not much. The way in which we see it has changed and that is what we need to continue to fight for dismantle because the outright obvious racism is being dealt with but the hidden racism is deep and that is what us as white and Latina allies need to make sure that we're not silent on yeah and I will say that we did discuss this I know that like we all have made our own donations um, but us three kind of discussed what we thought we all want to make a commitment to donating you know not a lot of money but the money that we can donate so each of us have decided to donate fifty dollars to a different organization that we want to support um my organization that i'm going to be donating to is the naacp 
which is the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. Um, and their mission is to secure the political, educational, social, and economic equality of rights in order to eliminate race-based discrimination and ensure the health and well-being of all persons. I'm going to go ahead and donate $50 Northwest Community Bail Fund to help with our pro protesters getting out on bail. Um, I chose Northwest as we are from Seattle and I wanted to directly send money to my specific community. And um, I will be donating to the Black Lives Matter Fund. Um, it's important to give to these organizations. Of course, if you are under the position that you can, if not, that's okay. So much you can do without exactly. donating, but you if you do have the money. We will be putting down um, organizations on the description box where you guys can go check out which ones you would like to donate to or kind of learn more about them, as well as phone numbers you guys could call um, to demand for justice for George Floyd and also just to demand change. This was a very topic to talk about today. And I think to round it off, just on a little bit lighter of a note before we all go, is to do what we do best during our Should You and Rate the Becoming Michelle Obama documentary. Do, 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 so. do. Ah, Michelle Obama. So heavy. Yeah. Oh, Brad We talk about how she has, like, her music taste i love seeing her dance and give her uh her staff shit on like liking barry manilow which my mom, <laughs> my mom loves barry but i love when she's <laughs> dancing to drake and stuff yes, so amazing i love her i love her so much i just gotta give a quick shout out to her um uh secret service i really like the little part where they where we get to meet mr allen her um her main secret service guy. That was very cute. You, yeah, sorry. No, definitely. I loved all of her staff and, and people. They were awesome. And I love how they were treated. So yes. They're definitely like a little family. All right. Are we ready for the ratings? I'm ready. I mean, I'm going to be shocked if these ratings aren't similar to mine. <laughs> Actually, here's, here's what I, I'll go first and then we can, then Anna and then Cass. Okay. I gave becoming a rating of 10 out of 10 because this is really just kidding <laughs> it's an important conversation to have i loved it it really centered on michelle and not just her time as a first lady yeah barack obama was in it for a little bit yeah a little bit about her kids but it really focused just on her and i loved that and there was women power throughout the entire thing and it just made me again feel that hope and feel empowered myself. So 10 out of 10 would recommend. Um, wow, I'm so shocked by your um, 10 out of 10 because I actually, I gave it a 10 out of 10 too. <laughs> For the similar reasons, how it really like, it could have honestly been, it could have been done a completely different way. Like, it, like you said, it focused on her the whole time. Yes, she brought up things about the White House, but it didn't really center on that. You really got to know Michelle down to the core. It's just something I liked. I liked the way it was filmed. It was directed by a woman. Um, so, yeah, I liked it. They had some good shots. But, of course, with documentaries, it's not, like, very cinematic. It's more like, get the job done. What is the message? Give it to the audience. But that's my, that's my review. Mm, I don't know. I think I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10 as well. <laughs> um, exactly what you guys, you guys both said it perfectly, but I loved the message behind it. I also think like you, if you have not watched it, there cannot be a better time to watch it than now. I think that her messaging behind everything that she said was so important. And I think her as an individual is such an admirable person. Um, and she is changing the world. And I love her. I love her family. I love everything they stand for. And I think that you guys should definitely go watch this. So hmm, that's an easy average. 10 out of 10. I think three tryhards approve this movie. Woo! And even though us tryhards give it a 10 out of 10 all around and a three out of three, sh yes, to you should try it. Let's go ahead. As always, what are the critics' reviews, the Rotten Tomatoes, the IMDb? Tell us, Anna. 
Alrighty. So IMDb, it was rated 6.6 .6 out of 10, which I'm, I'm a little surprised by. Um, and Tomatoes gave it a 93%. That sounds and, more like it. Yes, and 91. Yeah, right. Yes, and 91% of Google users enjoyed the movie. Well, that's good. So, like, the audience score would be a 91%, and the Rotten Tomatoes score, which Rotten Tomatoes actually like grades really difficultly. So, I think 93%. That's great. I think they give it an A too. Let's just uh, ignore the IMDb rating, okay? <laughs> <laughs> This, these are the only movie critics you should be listening to. <laughs> well, guys, thanks so much for sitting down with us and listening to us discuss this important topic and this important documentary, Becoming by Michelle Obama. Um, I think I don't read often, but I think I'm actually going to read the book. I feel like I'll get a little bit more deeper. Get in line, girl. I'm going to buy the book, I think. I want to support it. You're right. I should probably support Actually, I would like it for my collection here. Well, yeah, girl, let's go buy that book and read it together and then we could discuss again how we think about it um, book club oh my god i don't know if i could commit to a book club girl cassidy's like as long as all of them are about the kardashians <laughs> the kardashians or the obamas or the real housewives or the real housewives geez or any celebrity for that matter um all right thank you guys again for sitting down with us please let us know in the comments below what your thoughts are on these issues um, go out and vote, go out and be a voice for those who are unheard. Um, make sure to follow us at our personal accounts at Cass Kardash. At a Caroline 19. At Mick Farbeck. And at the Try Hard Girls everywhere. That's Instagram, that's YouTube, that's TikTok. On the clock of the party, don't stop. Uh -huh. We're also on Twitter. And Bex, where else are we? Where all podcasts can be found. Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, Apple. There's even more that I can't think of. <laughs> Any podcast platform. Yes. Guys, so go. go listen and share the love. Like, share it to your friends, your mother, your grandmother, your boyfriend, your sister. And leave us a review. We love you. Bye, honey. Also, thanks for the 252 YouTube subscribers, baby. God, we love you guys. Ooh. Our fellow tryhards. All right, guys. Also, um, our next Should You Try It movie review will be coming up soon. Make sure to, like we said, follow us on Instagram. We will be putting up a poll. This time around, it's going to be Anna's choices. So go to our Instagram. Anna will be putting up her choices very soon. Anna, I feel like you're going to have really good options. This one might be a close battle. You guys, it's honestly been hard. I have so many different movies that I want to watch. And then I want to make sure it's movies that we haven't seen because I want us all have like a fresh mind. But we'll see. Well, you guys just follow us on Instagram. Well, cheers, ladies. And to everyone, we hope you guys have a fantastic change. When they go low, we go high. Let's do it, girls. We love you, fellow tryhards. With that, tryhards. Out.